25th chapter of Matthew contains um, some of Jesus' um, most significant parables, some of his most important teachings. And we are today in the middle of that 25th chapter for this uh, uh, that is called the parable of the talents. If you're able to stand, please do so now to receive the gospel with appreciation and respect. For it is as if a man going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more. But the one who had received only the single talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master said, You wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you? That I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today we reach the conclusion of the Loving Generously series that we have focused on. Today makes it the fifth week. Um, and it's a, it's a joyful ending for this season's story. Loving Generously we have seen, has an impact not only on our own lives, but it even changes the lives of others. Loving generously. Watch and see how the story ends. Good morning, Frank. Yes, it is, Bray. Where do these go, Dad? Over there by the gazebo. Frank. Hey, Eddie. Victoria's called a meeting with a bunch of the neighbors. 
I don't know what she thinks she's trying to do, but I thought you should know. All right, thanks. Anything I can do to help set up? Well, you can ask your own patent right there. You got it. Good Lord. Everything okay? Everything's fine. You need help with that? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay, let us know. Can't wait. Thanks. They're really going to call the police. Is there something we should do? I'm open to suggestions. What's wrong? It's just... Mark and Marianne, of all people? Yeah. Don't you look pretty? Thanks. Hey, I just talked to Allison. She said her parents won't let her come. Some people just really don't want us to have the wedding here. Yeah, she asked if we were having cake or doing a soup line. <laughs> Frank. What? It's funny. That's... I don't think that's funny at all. I'm sorry, sweetie. Whatever. If they don't get it, that's their problem. Where is everybody, anyway? Surely, you're not really going to call the cops. I mean, do they even handle this sort of thing? We're going through a refinance. What happens when the appraiser shows up and sees the United Nations down the street? They're the ones forcing the issue, not me. I gave them fair warning. Eddie, I'm glad to see that you... Everyone, this is Thomas Murphy and his bride-to-be, Julia. They have something they'd like to say. We never set out to cause anyone any trouble. And we certainly never expected our wedding to be a cause of conflict. In fact, we've generally gotten pretty used to not expecting anything from anyone. But Frank and Cassie have shown us that it is possible to receive totally unexpected and undeserved love from the most unexpected people. Maybe you all have relationships like that already, and I hope you do. But please, don't punish the Donovans for showing generosity to us. We'd be honored if you'd join us this evening at our wedding. Frank and Cassie have invited us into their lives, and we'd like to invite you into ours. Cassie? Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, don't be. We were just praying for you guys. Shouldn't you be getting ready? Well, since you all are basically our wedding party, um, we wanted to give you a gift. One to another. It's perfect. Thank you. Oh, and Cassie, if you don't mind, I do have one request for Frank. Hey. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Good. Good to see you, Good sir. Good to see you, Cassie. David. Good to see you. <laughs> you want to get inside? Hey. Hello. Hello. Wonderful. Hey. Pleasure. Hey. Good, Good to see you, see you again. Hello. Thanks, inside. kiddo. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm... Hi, Victoria. Last chance, Frank. 
Do I need to call the police? Do what you have to do. Frank. Room for seven or eight more? Always. I guess you guys are it. Come with me. Last chance, Victoria. We're gathered here today to inaugurate and celebrate Julia and Thomas, your new life together. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. Many of us, myself included, stand here today because our burdens, which were too heavy to bear, were borne by others. The phrase one to another appears more than 90 times in the New Testament. Love one to another. Be kind one to another. Submit one to another. Jesus summed up all of these one to another's in a single sentence. Whatever you wish others would do for you, do also for them. This golden rule sums up the whole law, he says. Let us pray. Gracious God, May you bless the union of Thomas and Julia. Give them the power and strength by your Holy Spirit to love each other well. Amen. Now, if I were Thomas, I'd want this old preacher to hurry things up. <laughs> so, in the spirit of the golden rule, let us be generous to this suffering young man. <laughs> Thomas, do you have a symbol of your love and commitment to Julia? Now, Thomas, repeat after me. I, Thomas. I, Thomas. Take you, Julia. Take you, Julia. To be my lawfully wedded wife. To be my lawfully wedded wife. In the next few minutes, I'd like to do three things. I want to say a few words about Jesus' parable, um, the parable of the talents, really to reflect what uh, what Dave has already said uh, for the kids. 
Um, and then I'd like to say a word about about this video series and what loving generously means for us. And then, then I'd like to conclude it with a, uh, another brief video, um, uh, a story that I think you will find encouraging and moving, though it is very brief. First of all, um, a Jesus' parable of the talents. Um, I think it's one of Jesus' most confusing stories. Uh, and it's confusing not because of Jesus. Uh, Jesus told a brilliant story and he made his point memorably and beautifully. But um, I have a hard time with this story of the talents primarily, as again, as Dave mentioned, because of the word talent. Um, in Jesus' time, talent was a unit of measure and mostly it was used to measure money. And, and we, we know about the units of measure. Talent was the largest one. And then there was a mina and a shekel and a gera and a becca. Uh, those were the other units of measure that, that Hebrew people used um, in identifying amounts of silver or amounts of money. So a talent was a way of measuring money. And uh, even though it was never a coin in itself because a talent was such a large amount of money, um, my goodness, what did you say, 15 years of wages for a, for a labor? Most of the people Jesus, well, all the people Jesus talked to, they'd, they'd never seen that much money at one time in one place in their lives and probably never would. Um, so in telling this story, Jesus talks about a rich master who leaves his slaves in charge of his money. And make no mistake, it was a lot of money. It was, a, it would have been a lot of money even for us. Um, even one talent was a lot of money in it. And it's no mystery to me why this poor fella, this poor slave who, who received one talent to take care of, he was scared because a talent was a lot of money to be responsible for. And it frightened him. But when we use the word talent, we don't mean anything like that. For, for us, a talent is, is something that, that, that comes naturally to a natural ability or, or, or a special aptitude that a person has. And I really fully expected to hear that saxophone this morning. And uh, we didn't even get a squeak out of it, did we? Maybe at the second service. We'll, <laughs> we'll push a little bit. But, but a talent is, 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 a, a, is an aptitude that a person has. I, I remember seeing... Um, a news story years ago where a man had the ability to remember numbers. Maybe you've known someone like this. And, and in this, in this news story, they had this fella, uh, stand next to a railroad track while a train raced by. A hundred cars in the train. And, and each car had on the side of it an, an eight or a ten digit, uh, registration number painted on the side of the train car. And after the train had passed, this man went to a, uh, went to a, a um, uh, a table where someone with a pencil wrote down as he recited every number on every train car and he did it accurately. We, we might say he had a, a photographic memory, but it, it was a, it was a talent. It was a gift, an ability that, that he had. Um, those kinds of talents, not unusual. You might have the natural ability to play an instrument or to sing or to understand numbers or, or to feel what another person is feeling or, or to read and remember what you've read. You may have a, a natural ability to, to hit a ball or to catch one or to dance. Some folks have the gift of friendship and it just comes naturally to them and they've never met a stranger. You know, that kind of person. When we use the word talent, we typically mean those kinds of things. 
That's, that's why this, this story that Jesus told can be confusing to us because the way we use that word talent is different now than it was then. But I've come to the conclusion that even though it may be confusing at first, that's a good thing. Because I don't think Jesus was only talking about money. I think, I think he used money as an illustration, but he was talking about much more than money. I think he was talking about anything and everything that, that God provides us. Money is one of those things, but, but also the, the, the talents, the abilities that we have, the ability to love and care for others, the special aptitudes that each of you, that, that uh, some of you may have. Try, try reading this story again later and, and instead of the word talent, read the words loving and caring into it. Master, you gave me the capacity to love and to care for five persons. And see, I've provided love and care for them, but also for five more. Or, or Master, you've provided me the capacity to love and care for two, but see, I have extended that love and care to two more. In, in, try reading this story again, and, and instead of reading the word talents in it, read the word giving into it, and, or the word kindness, or the word hope. Master, you gave me sufficient ability to hope, and that ability to hope has kept me working and, and, and has kept me away from addictions and despair and and I was able to sustain not only myself with hope but I was able to help five other people stay hopeful for themselves and their life and keep their life on track I've been able to make five more persons hopeful and their families too maybe it's not that that Jesus parable is confusing maybe it's just more versatile than I first thought Jesus would use this idea to instruct and encourage us in a, in a great variety of ways. Today is um, a Consecration Sunday. When, um, when we ask you to make estimates of your giving for the coming year so that First Church can plan our ministries and our obligations for 2015. Um, so we do focus on money sometimes and generosity with it and that's vitally important because because the the resources that we have the money we have is is truly a gift from God you know um each year um i have to uh and and pastor dave too um we each have to have an individual meeting um with the district superintendent and um uh that meeting for us takes place tomorrow so it's on my mind um, and uh, in preparation, and he wants to know how things are going with our congregation and, and with us. And um, as part of the preparation for that meeting, I've got to answer a whole page full of questions. And I write pages and pages. I figure the more I write, the less likely he is to read it. Um, you know how that goes. Um, but I want to share with you just a few lines that I wrote for the superintendent about, about First Church and about, and about our, our financial ministries and our financial health. Um, um, because, well, I think it says some important things about us. Um, and here, here just, uh, like I said, just a few lines of the many pages that I've written. Um, if one of the signs of a healthy church is that it is constantly struggling to make its resources stretch to meet its dreams, then First Church qualifies. 
Though financial health is one of the hallmarks of First Church, for example, we have never ended a year unable to pay all our bills and obligations. We support the Shares of Ministry program at 100% and have done so every year in anybody's memory. And what that means is, sisters and brothers, that every time you make an offering in the offering plate at First Church, your gifts and your ministry stretch literally around the world. Every time you make a gift to First Church, you not only engage in ministry here, but in this community through Places like Mission Central and Neighborhood Center and Bethesda Mission and the United Methodist Home for Children. But your ministry extends literally around the world into all the countries of the world because we we support not only mission and ministry here in our region, but we support the what we call the Shares of Ministry program, and we do so at the 100% level. And finally, we are planning to fully retire our indebtedness as a church in the coming year. So for all of those reasons, um, financial health is one of the hallmarks of First Church. But our dreams, what we want to do, what we aspire to do, always exceeds our resources. And I, I counsel the finance committee as often as I can that that's the way it's supposed to be. One of the worst things that can happen to a church is that you have enough money to do everything you dream about doing. That means your dreams aren't big enough. That means we aren't stretching and reaching far enough in response to God's call. So, so as, as we work as a church and we've been working the past weeks and will continue until we approve a budget next month, um, at the board meeting, um, as we work at First Church to, to examine and, and to use as best we can the resources that you provide um, for ministry, um, um, we take seriously Jesus' counsel um, to his followers as he gave it to them in the parable of the talents. God has entrusted us, us with so much, and we need to take what God has given us and multiply it and guard it and carefully use it so we can reach as many others as we can and do as much work with the resources we have as we're able to do. But our dreams keep growing as well. So we do, we do focus on money and we focus on our generosity with it. And, and it's a vitally important resource and truly a gift from God. But when you're part of First Church, as all of you are, you hear a whole lot more around here about the loving and the caring and the hoping and the supporting and the kindness and the compassion. Those, those other gifts, those other kinds of talents that God has invested in us and which we seek to use in God's service and for God's glory. No matter, no matter what your talent is, whether it's the ability to sing or to play, or, or it's the gift of, of great wealth, or maybe even just a little bit of wealth, no matter what your talent is, no matter what you've been given by God, there are great things that you can do right here where you live and work and worship. And, and I, I hope that the thing that you've gathered from this video series that we've seen is that those great things that we do may not seem so great to us. We may take them for granted, but the generosity, the kindness, the compassion we show to others, the talents that we have to give can truly change lives and, and seriously 
change the world.